You're now listening to Sacramento's number one soccer-specific podcast. Hey, Sacramento Republic fans. Welcome to the Sacktown FC podcast, now actually part of the Beautiful Game Network, the self-proclaimed number one soccer-specific podcast in Sacramento. And we're also sponsored now by Roughneck Scarves. We hope everyone is in good spirits as the news becomes more and more deflating as it relates to soccer and local city and county shelter in places. Please remember to stay safe and relaxed during this time. And if you need face-to-face communication, please hit us up on Twitter and we will set up a Zoom conference for the community. My name is Luis and I'm joined as usual by my co-host Danny and John. Long time no talk, guys. <laughs> How are you two holding up? It has been a long time. Uh, I, I'm holding up fine. I, I was just at the grocery store buying some stuff for my parents. It's like World War Three out there. but Things are getting crazy, but, you know, trying to keep it together over here. Yeah, it's it's sad, Danny. I mean, hopefully things get better and, you know, things things don't seem like a world war out there. How are you doing, John? Man, I'm doing okay. I, I realize that this is going to be a hard time for my kids because of the the changes to their daily routine. So I bought them a bounce house and they went to bed pretty early uh, this evening, put a bounce house in the uh, in the family room. Kind of crazy, that noise that those things make. But uh, for the most part, we're doing good. Um, really, really hoping and anticipating that some of the news that's coming out from the soccer front um, turns to the better uh, in terms of when we're going to see action, even sports and just daily life now. And so at this time, you know, remember the people who you love, spend time with them, appreciate all you can. As I said last night uh, on the Fairweather pod, um, enjoy your moments that you have. If you have small children, enjoy spending time with them. And then if you don't have children and you are in a spot where you're trying to reevaluate, take the time, find a passion, do something that you want to do. Don't, don't just sit around and wait for it to come to you. Take action now while you have somewhat of time to be able to do it if you have that time. So um, shout out to our friends, um, the official unofficial sponsor of the Sacktown <laughs> FC podcast in Lou Glory Beers. They're offering a quarantine special of 19% off a case of beer. And now they are delivering to your door to all California residents. Check them out online at newglorybeer.com and place your order today in order to get that, uh, that beer fridge uh, loaded. Man, I wonder, uh, I wonder how much it would cost for them to deliver up to Rina. Uh, You know, that's a, that's (laughs) a good question. We could, we could potentially ask them and, and find out. Follow Man. him on Instagram uh, at New Glory Beer, uh, Danny, and, and ask him that question. But we'll, we'll ask ourselves. Yeah, definitely. So, John, uh, how was the podcast with our Fairweather and Seek and Strike collective friends last night? Man, it was good. I, I'm not used to doing live video, and I, I realized how much of a Sharpay dog my forehead is. But uh, it was awesome, man, to be able to talk to people and kind of open up and and just have face-to-face communication was great. Talked a little bit soccer uh, and a little bit of everything else. So it was, it was nice. If you have a chance, go back to YouTube. It will be uh, on our page on YouTube and on our Twitter. But definitely go back and check it out. They're, they're great people and, and a wonderful conversation. Yeah, I thought it was really cool the way they did the way they did it, you know, the, the, different, the different screens and how um, Marissa – you know, posted the, the picture and everybody kind of commented on it. it. It seemed really cool the way they did it. They they did a good job on it for sure. Yeah, the production of it is awesome. That's on a StreamYard. And StreamYard looks like something that we might have to uh, figure out how to use ourselves, gentlemen, as we go further with uh, the BGN and um, moving forward with our with our programming. Yeah, it was definitely a really cool platform. I really liked how um, they put the comments that people were leaving. Uh, over on uh, Twitter and on YouTube, so that that was they a missed really the, cool. They feature. missed the best one by by Danny T, who said uh, quarantine and chill. I know. I was waiting for it too. I was like, oh, this is gold. This is <laughs> yeah, gold. I almost texted you and I said, how dare they not say that? You know, that was like it, it should have been like the the, the comment mean, of the night. Been on the <laughs> it should have been on the screen, other than uh, than the, some of the other comments. But that's okay. We're we're all right. We talked about it afterwards. I'm like, I apologize for my friend. He just doesn't know boundaries sometimes. 
And they all <laughs> laughed. And they're like, that was the best comment on that. I'm like, and you didn't use it. So it was like, how dare you? How dare you? Disrespect my friend. No, but, um, you know, Marissa and Alan are, are two great people. Chris from uh, Seek and Strike Collective. Um, he's actually the guy who kind of gave me a little pat on the back, say, it's okay, go to BGN. So that was also fun. I haven't had an opportunity to talk much to Dylan, uh, but, you know, Orange County, um, you know, their, their soccer cast, maybe eventually we'll be able to get on with them. Yeah, yeah, that, that would be really cool. So, guys, uh, yesterday we had the draw for the Two Balls on a Mic podcast for their uh, COVID quarantine cup. And uh, our podcast is actually going to be represented by Manchester United, um, you know, John's favorite team, of course. And we actually got sorted out to play Liverpool, who was actually represented by uh, Nate, uh, I might say his last name wrong, sorry, but uh, Aborea, what do you mean, I guess? Uh, he's actually a podcaster in, oh, thanks, a podcaster in San Diego where he does in-game entertainment for uh, the Loyo, and he's also the PA voice for the soccers. And um, it was an interesting matchup, right? I mean, we went to penalties, and we are actually sorry to say that we actually won in the penalty kicks, and now we're moving on to play our friends at the Fairweather Pod in round two. So should be an interesting matchup, right, guys? I'm excited. Uh, Barcelona versus Manchester United, a repeat of uh, Champions League battles in the in the past and more battles to come in the future with fair weather and and these fifa tournaments but uh, i don't i don't see that they could be this we're too good how convenient that we uh we got john's favorite team <laughs> hey i i'm sorry i'm sorry cruz azul is number two on the list had somebody else had mansion i i can tell him that we want to play as cruz azul in the next round against uh, nah, Barcelona. <laughs> Don't be, don't be sour. <laughs> <laughs> it would be nice to have seen the – I mean, I'm going to have to go back and check it out. It's cool that we made it to the second round. Um, I thought it was going to be YouTube live. Apparently, it wasn't. So, I'm going to have to go on there after this and, and check it out. But that's cool. I'm excited. I'm excited for the rest of the tournament. Yeah, Chiva and Tony should have done a better job of getting that ready. Did you hear me, boys, on that? You should have done a better job, made it on either Twitch or, or YouTube live. Next time, let us let us know. We'll we'll, we'll get it going. But you know, for the most part, we're we're winning. That's all that matters. That's what we do. We win. We make things happen, right? So, and if we can be of any help, like maybe letting people know, hey guys, you know that the game's about to start. You know, between these two teams, like you know, maybe it's a lot to kind of get together, and it's harder for them to do it live. But I think that'd be very cool just to get everybody ready. Oh, we have a game today, and we we're able to actually sit there and watch it like if it was an actual game. I would love for them to do that. And then we could actually have a Zoom teleconference with our listeners and um, have a beer while watching that game live together. That would actually be pretty cool. Yeah. A Zoom watch party to watch <laughs> a FIFA 2020 game. <laughs> or Google Hangouts. Or Google um, Hangouts, whoever's going to help us out first. Oh man, times are crazy. <laughs> I told you guys my 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 wife had the wine night with all her uh, all her friends um, via Google Hangouts two nights ago. They were just drinking wine and, and talking about being at home. I'm like man, what is if you think about it in this in this age in this age of technology, man? Even though people are trying to isolate, like you you don't have to isolate. Like you can still. No hanging out with all your friends like you can still you know i i had a video call earlier with a couple of my friends we were just talking about you know everyday things like we used to and it was pretty much a hangout you know it's it's kind of weird but we do it every day if you think about it we live on yeah. our phones some of us more than others with twitter and everything else you know <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, of course then <laughs> your your fingers end up hurting you know after being on twitter so long Oh, they really do, man. They're, they're achy. So, friends, this evening we are joined by a man who needs very little introduction in the community, but he needs a proper intro from us. This man is a former midfielder for the Republic, was born in the great Glasgow, Scotland. He started at Ross County and had various stops in MLS before finding his home in Sacramento. The owner and operator 
of the Moffitt Soccer Academy in Folsom. Number 16 in your programs from 2016, yet number one in your heart, Adam Moffitt. Adam, thanks for taking the time to uh, join us this evening. How have you been? I've been well. It's, uh, it's a crazy time right now, but I've been good. I've been good. So we know that you grew up a glass wedging. Uh, the most important question is, did you grow up a hoop supporter? Yeah, that's a good question. Glaswegian. There we go. That's the pronunciation of that. Uh, a Ouija. Thank you. <laughs> a Glaswegian. Um, I neither, to be honest. Um, if you know much about the Rangers and Celtic rivalry, you know, it's there's a lot of violence involved. So my parents did a good job. They kind of kept me away from that as much as possible. Um, which is a good thing, you know. There's still a lot of trouble comes from it, but um, I was in, I was involved with both teams when I was younger, both youth uh, youth setups. So I I get to see a little bit of both. But I, I I'm on the fence. I, I if I'm with Celtic fans, I'll say I like them. If I'm with Rangers fans, I'll say I'm a Rangers fan. So I kind of I kind of sit sit right. Well, you fence. you are with you are on the podcast for the hoop supporters. So um, I will. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll say you are you are yeah, a Celtic, Celtic, my big Celtic. There I'm we are. Celtic. <laughs> I like big it. Celtic. <laughs> so, did you have any trials with any clubs before Ross County? Yeah, so that was my first um, professional team uh, was Ross County. Who um, I think they yeah, I think they're back in the Scot- Scottish Premiership right now. Um, I yeah, growing up I was with St Mirren, were my local team. Um, I saw I was with them. I, I sent a schoolboy form with them. So through high school, that was the team I was associated with. My first professional, excuse me, the team I was with was Glasgow Rangers. Um, and then I was back with them until I was sixteen, and then when I was seventeen, I signed professionally with Ross County. So long time ago, um, but. At some stage or another, I probably trained with every team in Scotland. It's not a big place, um, and it's the only sport we did. So I remember some nights of the week, I'd be training with Hibernian. The next, I'd be with Kilmarnock. The next, I'd be with Rangers. The next, I'd be with Celtic. Um, it's just a, a different, you know, a different way how the, the youth system worked over there when I was growing up. Interesting. So, two-part question for you here, Adam. Um, first off, what was it like playing in Scotland compared to your experience uh, playing in the States? And how was the playing style different? Um, big difference. Um, let's see. Playing in Scotland, I mean, most people just associate Scotland with, you know, big rough guys just booting the ball. Um, and that's maybe somewhat accurate. It depends on what level you're at. Um, coming over here, it's, it's just all Scottish players basically over there. Scottish players, you get a few foreign players, but coming over here, it was so different because you have influences from South America. You have lots of European influence, mainland Europe, and then the UK. Uh, you have Africans. Um, you have some Asians, you know, so you have a whole array. So there's so many different styles blended in. Um, so that was a little eye-opening when I first came over, um, trying to fit in a, a style. But I liked it. You know, there, there was definitely more emphasis on trying to play, um, I'd say, the right way in terms of building out the back, playing that way. So you have to adapt. As a soccer player, you you know, it's being stuck in one, one way and, uh, you know, Growing up in Scotland, I was taught, you know, you're not afraid to go in for challenges, stuff like that. So that was definitely part of my game. But as I came over here, I adapted a little bit and learned, okay, maybe I got to play a little bit more, uh, use my brain a little bit more. So it all, uh, it all helped. Yes, awesome, man. Um, so, Adam, after two years of, of playing in the Scottish leagues, you moved down to the United States. What was the reason behind that decision? I was playing in Scotland, so I was. I got to the point where it didn't look like my career was going to go anywhere. So I was. I was at the, and it happens to a lot, a whole lot of players that you get to that age, especially in Scotland. We don't. We don't do. I left high school at sixteen, 
started playing at 17. You know, you don't do college. If you do college or university, you, you cannot become a professional soccer player. That's, that's how it is over there. Um, you don't go, you don't get an education and play. You start playing at a young age. It's very different over here where you can do college and then after college, you can become a professional soccer player. It's, it's trending the European way over here now. You know, going to college isn't really the route to take anymore. But so for me, it was uh, after a few years, it didn't look like I was going to be, you know, my career was headed where I wanted to. I was playing in the third division in Scotland. Um, so it was part time. Um, and then I got a phone call from an old, an old coach. Um, and he, he said he had a friend who had a team in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, and if I wanted to go play for the summer, it was just a short season. So it was the USL two at that point. Um, and it, the coach was Martin Rennie, who's the current Indy 11 head coach. He was also the Vancouver Whitecaps head coach. So he was a Scottish guy. I went over, played there, done well, and then ended up signing the MLS. So interesting how it all uh, came about and I'm thankful it did. Yeah, that's interesting. So, you made um, five stops in seven years in MLS. Which would you say was uh, your most memorable and why? They all had good things about them. Some were longer than others. Some stays, you know, my initial stay was in Columbus, Ohio. Um, and we had a fantastic team. You know, we won the MLS Cup 2008. We won the Sports Shield the same year. The following year, 2009, we won the Sports Shield again. Um, lost in the playoffs to Salt Lake, I believe it was at that point. And I think they went on and maybe they won that year. I can't really remember. but I think that was that, the year they won, yeah. Yes. So, we, I mean, we had an incredible team. Guillermo Barashalot was the main guy on there, who's now the LA Galaxy head coach. So that, that, that was fun. That was my first experience in MLS. And it was still growing at that point. Beckham had just joined the league. So, the, you know, the money wasn't great. But you could start seeing, okay, things are kind of changing here. In terms of, you know, successful years, um, probably for me it was with Houston Dynamo 2011 to 2013. Um, going to back-to-back MLS Cups, losing to David Beckham and the Galaxy two years in a row wasn't fun. But oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we had a successful team, um, some quality players. But like I say, e- e- everywhere. For me... I get to meet so many great people and at times it was tough. It was, it got tough moving, getting a phone call, seeing they're being traded. That's never fun, but I get to meet some people. You, you make friendships. This game's all about relationships really um, at the end of the day. So they all had positives. I'll say that um, playing in Seattle and Portland, it was brief, but then you get to see the amount of fans they were, you know, they're bringing into games and, the introduction of those two teams into the league really changed um, soccer in America. I think, you know, they were packing out the stadiums, tens of thousands of people at each game. So that was always fun to play in front of that environment. Um, And that's something, you know, we look forward to here in Sacramento. Yeah, definitely. Um, It's interesting because, you know, soccer has, the relationships you can build can last forever. Um, You know, you kind of touched on it with the, camaraderie of, of a former coach and a coach here in the States that brought you over. But I, I want to go back to 2011. In fact, August of 2011, you hit a 40 yard screamer against your former club, the Timbers. And I still feel that goal should have been the goal of the year for MLS at the, even to today. Can you walk me through that goal and what it felt like to do that? Yeah, that was a, that was a pretty good one. That was probably one of my top five goals. Um, but yeah, it was, that was good. It was against my old team, obviously. And a a few weeks prior, I'd been traded from the Timbers. I wasn't getting playing time there. Dynamo took a chance on me. Um, yeah, so I, I, I remember sitting and when I was getting traded, telling them, Hey, I'm playing you guys in a few weeks. I'm going to score against you. (laughs) Uh, that was to the technical director, Gavin Wilkinson at that point. And, uh, yeah, held my word on that one. So it was a big win, actually, because at that point, the Timbers were kind of trying to get some momentum, hope, hoping that was their first season, hoping to try and get in the playoffs. And then for us, the Dynamo, we were trying to make a late surge, trying to make the playoffs as well. 
so it was a big, it was an important game. Um, so to get that goal, obviously against my former team, you always want to do well against your old teams. And it was a great strike as well. Don't get me wrong. It was a great strike. But for me, it was more the, you know, the significance of the goal was, mm-hmm. was bigger for me. Fair. And I think actually that, that goal in that game was kind of the, the start of the Timbers falling out of playoff contention that year in 2011 too. So yeah. you, you kind of had a little bit to do with the <laughs> deflation of their momentum. Yeah, yeah, you can put it that way. Yeah, but they, they've they've picked up steam. You know, that was their first year. They were getting to grips with things, and uh, they've done they've done wonderful since then. Um, but yeah, that it was. I remember at the time it was the game was. You know, whoever wins that game, kind of it was a it was a big game. Who's going to make a run to try and make the playoffs? And obviously, with them losing that game, it really it really deflated them. Nice, man. So, uh, Adam, after the MLS, you went on to play for the Cosmos. What, what was it like and what was the reason for it? Uh, I, I finished my last season at FC Dallas, last season at MLS. I can't remember if it was 2014, 2015. I, I don't remember. It's all, it's all a blur. Um, but I had some injury problems that year with Dallas. Um, and I played most of the time while I was healthy, but I had recurring hamstring injuries. so. It was kind of tough. It was it was a tough year. Uh, so during the off season, I, you know, I made, made sure I kind of got on top of that issue, took plenty of rest, and really strengthened that up. So the Cosmos, you know, wanted me to come on board. I did a couple of trials over in England um, with a few champions. Uh, with it was actually I had a few lined up. I only did one with Birmingham City um, in the championship, but. Yeah, the, the Cosmos really wanted me to join them. Um, being pursued uh, by a team is what you always want as a player. You know, you don't really want to feel like, ah, we well, yeah, I just fell in the spot. You know, you want to be desired. That's that's a big thing as a player. So for me, they wanted me. Um, it made sense financially. They had guys like Raul, Marco Senna playing for them. A lot of guys who I played with in the MLS. Uh, Giovanni Sabarisi was a coach who's now the Timbers head coach who I'd heard a lot of good things about and was a good player himself. So, yeah, it all kind of um, ticked the right boxes. It was a little bit, you know, leaving the MLS was a little bit tough. You know, it's like you're taking a step down. But at the same time, it's as long as I'm, I was providing for my family and I was enjoying playing, I had security, I had signed a two-year guaranteed contract that couldn't get traded, which in MLS, you know, you get traded at any moment, which for me, moving around a lot wasn't great. You know, it kind of, it's tough. It was definitely tough. It messes with your uh, your mind a little bit, knowing at any moment, no matter if you're playing or not, you could get a phone call and say, hey, you got to move your whole family. Um, so for me, signing there, there was definitely more security and uh, it worked out great. I, I love my time there. So after the Cosmos, you know, came our, our Sacramento Republic. Um, how did you end up joining the Republic and what was that experience like for you? Yeah, so after my two years, so the Cosmos got in some financial trouble, the whole NESL, NESL did, uh, won two championships with them, which was fantastic. But the money was an issue. They were losing a lot of money. Um, then they got the new owner came in and I got an offer. I, I was talking to Sacramento. So my wife's from California. For us, we wanted to head out this way. Her mom's from uh, Southern California. So Northern California is closer than, uh, than Long Island, New York, where we were living. So, you know, we kind of agreed upon going to Sacramento. Knowing I I played a few years prior. I think it was just after the Republic had won uh, the championship. I think we came for preseason. We played a game maybe at Hughes Stadium. There was, I don't know, 20,000 there for a preseason game. Um, so we played that game there. And it was, I was like, wow, they got such a good thing going here. The fans, you know, it was a good team at the time as well. But I remember thinking at that point, man, I could I could play here. So when the opportunity came a few years later, I was like, you know what? I want to play somewhere where they have fans that are passionate about what they're doing. I knew I wasn't going to be playing for that much longer. 
Um, but moving to the state of California sounded like a good thing. So, yeah, we, we made it work and uh, I enjoyed, yeah, I enjoyed my few years playing here too. Nice. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Sacramento has always had a soccer passion from, from the community. So even back to, you know, the, the early 90s when we had the Sacramento Knights, which was an indoor soccer team. Yep. Uh, you'd always get large, lots of people. Um, you know, Arco Arena would, you know, be seventy-five percent full from from just the indoor soccer games. So, um, you know, Republic will always do do well and always be able to support USL, MLS, or any other uh, club or franchise they want to bring in. So, you know, you, you've played the game. You, you've done. You've won. You've had the highs. You've had the lows. Obviously. What's your favorite soccer memory? I think there, there was a goal I scored in the 2012 playoffs. Um, it was against Sporting KC. Uh, it was with the Houston Dynamo, and again, I was on a, I was on a run to the second MLS Cup final in the road. Um, I can't remember. I think it was the first leg of the game, but I, I scored a, you know, I scored a good goal uh, there, and they were. They were the team to beat at the point at that point, and we'd had some good battles with them. Um, so I connected on a nice half volley from about 25, 30 yards out, and the whole stadium just erupts, you know. So that, that was a great moment. It was on live TV, you know. My parents, I knew my parents were at home watching, everyone was watching, you know, it's a big game. So when you're playing in those big games, you know, there's, you know, that expectation that for me, I, I, I kind of thrived on that. So I put that goal in was was a great moment, and, and I still, whenever I see it to this day, you know, the hairs in the back of my neck stand up. It was it was a it was a great feeling. So that that's probably the one that stands out the most. It was it was a goal. I didn't score many goals when I played, but usually when I did, they were pretty good. But um, that one, that one for sure, that was a that was a good moment. That's awesome. So um, Adam, going back to your time at playing for the Sacramento Republic, what would you say was your favorite memory? from your Sacramento Republic time? Uh, for me, so the first season when I joined, uh, I, I I had injury issues. I tore a muscle in my groin or, or I tore the, the ligament in my groin or the tendon, I think it was, whatever it was. It's, I tore something. So I ended up having like three surgeries. So that first season... It was it was rough trying to get back on the field. I started the first few games, got hurt, and then it was it was it was meant physically and mentally exhausting uh, that year. So there was a point in there where I thought, okay, I'm done here. There's no way I can play another year. I, I got surgery at the end of the season, um, and then Simon Elliott came in, Todd Donovan came in, you know, and they. They're like, what do you want to do? And you know, I felt like I had I had something left to offer, but again, I told them like I don't know how this is holding up. And you know, they were fully supportive, like do what you need to do. Um, so Simon Hell, it was great. He was giving me days off if I needed days off. Obviously, I was a lot older in years than the rest of the squad. But for me, so so leading up to the moment, so for me there was uncertainty if I was gonna play again. And if I was gonna play. I thought, you know, there's no way this is going to hold up. There's no way in my ground. I'm going to kick one ball. And that was my issue, kicking. Anytime I kick, I'd feel like it was just tearing again. So I thought, okay, I'm probably going to be, maybe I'll last 20 minutes. I'll kick a ball and I'll be done. So I remember the first game of the season, uh, it was the second season I was with the club. And I remember I was on the bench and somehow made it to the bench for the opening game. And I thought, okay, this is probably going to be my last game here. Like, I'm probably not going to play after this because I'll, if I can last 10 minutes, they put me in at the end, if I can last 10 minutes, I don't even know if I will. I didn't, I didn't tell the coaches this, by the way. So I remember getting in the game and, you know, kicked a few balls, got in, we won. I think we won the game opening game. I lasted and then felt good after that. So I ended up playing the next 20 odd games. Um, and then I, I, so that that moment for me was realizing, okay, I I have more games left than me because I thought for sure that was going to be my last one. So I think it was the the first game of the 2017 season. 
or 2018. I can't even remember anymore, but uh, that was probably the memorable one for me. Um, yeah, that was that was good. So this is probably uh, one of the most important questions, according to to John here. <laughs> um, cool. But what, what club do you find yourself supporting today? And I know that you mentioned it kind of briefly earlier, but I know you said Celtic just to to make John happy. <laughs> but <laughs> um, what, what, what club would you say you you would find yourself supporting? I, I grew up a Manchester United fan. I grew up in Wales. So <laughs> is that is, is that a good answer there? Um, yeah, no, great John. answer. Great answer. <laughs> I grew up in Wales. Ryan Giggs was my player. The, the guy I, you know, he's a Welshman. He was my favorite player. So Man U were my team. Nowadays, I just, you know, I, I don't. I used to ruin my weekend if Man U lost the game. Now I don't care as much. You know, it's it's all kind of been put in perspective. Um, and if it's an MLS, I enjoy keeping up. I enjoy keeping up how my friends are doing. My former teammates rooting for them. That's kind of more, more where it's at. So yes, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say any team in particular. I enjoy Liverpool. I'm a Man U. I was a Man U fan, but I enjoy watching Liverpool. I enjoy watching Man City. Like it, it's not. I'm not too connected. That's what I'll say. Fair. I enjoy <laughs> watching enough, the chaos of. It is. <laughs> I enjoy watching the chaos of of from when Steven Gerrard messed up in midfield and slipped <laughs> on the ball and Chelsea oh, won, man. and now this year they have the coronavirus right as they're yeah. about to win that championship. Right, that like, could ruin it. So yeah. we're gonna see. We're gonna I think see. they're gonna, gonna finish it up. What I hear is they're gonna they're gonna finish out the season, even if it takes longer. Because that would be tough to leave that hanging that season. So I think that that's their plan in England is to to finish it out. Even if it goes into twenty twenty one, they'll they'll finish it. So here's here's my question for you. We talked about this uh, two nights ago. How does that affect with the transfer window? Because there's a lot of guys with contracts who um, you know might want to be moving on or are potentially moving. So if they play the the season out and it runs into that transfer window and the transfer window closes, what's the player as a player? How would that make you feel? It's uh, yeah, there's so much up in the air. Um, Cause I know there's a few players who are thinking about, you know, the summer transfer window um, players in the MLS trying to go over to Europe. And that's not going to happen now because teams in Europe aren't going teams here aren't going. And then obviously in the end of the season, it changes things as well. It's there's so much up in the air, but I I think you know it will all be resolved. It'll all everything everything can change at this point, you know, which it should. You have to be flexible um, with with so many things. So it's crazy. It's something we've never been through before. So it's affecting all all facets of the game. So you have since kind of moved on from from playing and yep. you created an academy up in Folsom what first made you want to create an academy and second off how's the reception been to that academy in Folsom for you so firstly i you know i have my b license and coaching i think you know the transition into you know teaching what i've been doing my whole life was kind of natural i enjoy doing it i have young kids myself so relating to kids and you know kind of helping them with their journeys um it seemed it seemed natural to me and it's something i can always thought about doing when i finished um and it's been good you know it's there's some quality players um in the sacramento region there really are and i i mean i stay up Folsom Eldorado hills i don't go out of this area but I have some players coming from you know Rockland Lincoln kind of all over you know West Sac coming up and training so it, it's been good it's been good it's it's great to see the sport getting as big as it is you know it's it's growing I know it's a lot further back than other countries but it's okay. You know, it's not it's nothing to worry about. I think a lot of people think, oh, the US doesn't won the World Cup. I'm like Scotland hasn't won the World Cup. We've been playing it for hundred and twenty odd years. You know, we've been playing a long time, you know, and it's 
yeah. I think people assume, you know, and I, I know it's America. You know, we think here it's going to be the biggest, the best, but there's so many other things going on. I mean, all we did in Scotland was football, basically, and then maybe maybe rugby, a little bit of rugby. But So for me, doing that, it, it really is encouraging to see all these young players playing. And you're seeing it now. You're seeing a lot of these young young American players are going over. They're signing for teams in Europe. They're starting to make a big impact. And uh, the U.S. is a really bright future ahead of them. So, um, Adam, as a player from the from Europe, what are your feelings on the MLS playing a different schedule from UEFA? They, that was something they spoke about when I played as well. And I, I think long-term, it was always something they hoped to kind of get, get onto that schedule. You have different factors over here, uh, which is the TV. So, you know, it's, the, the TV stuff big, the TV revenue, you know, you don't want to conflict with other sports. It's it, There's all things like that going on behind the scenes that we don't really think about. And also you have the weather here. So it's how can you play games? And I lived in, I lived in New York. I lived in Ohio, you know, trying to play games there in February and March. That's tough. Toronto, in New England, like playing out there. I played some games February, March up there, and it was, um, you know, it was tough. Uh, it was tough. That was the start of the season, you know. So going through December, January, playing games then, yeah, it, it could be really tough. But then on the flip side, you know, it's you're playing, you know, you're playing through the summer over here. And I played for this in Dynamo for a long time. So you're playing in Texas in 104-degree heat and humidity uh so there is those factors as well but i think i think at some point it will it will change but there's yeah there's definitely different factors that come into play with that so adam uh how can people find you or you know get in touch for training or just stay up to date with you they can't no i'm like they can i uh <laughs> <laughs> the, the, I, I'm on Facebook. Uh, Moffat Soccer Academy is on Facebook. They can check stuff out there. I think I have an Instagram page. I don't post anything on there. Although I just went on and made fun of uh, Villain BJ on there. So, um, and his hand washing. And his hand washing. Yep. Can you can you give Spot us what, what was the critique on the hand washing? What what was the what it was, was the, well, uh, I, I I just uh, I just. I was questioning if they could get maybe a towel rack. He just like <laughs> sloppily just threw that towel on right next to the sink, kind of all wet and damp. I'm like, come on, let's get this guy like a towel rack or something. Um, that was his mic drop. That was his mic drop. Well, I know, but that's, come on. Let's go the hygiene. We're talking about hygiene here, you know, let's hang that up, dry that this up properly. Um, but yeah, I think I'm on Instagram as well. Um, but okay. Yeah, people can check out Facebook. That's mostly how I do it. I've, I've never been a big social media guy. Even when I was playing, I playing, I did none of it. Now, finishing playing, I'm like, oh, I got to be doing these things. But that's okay. Is I there, enjoy spending time. Is there an email? Phone. Is there an um, email that you, they can get you on? Moffatsoccer at gmail.com. Yeah, there is okay. one. Good. Um, so we had a question from um, Sharon, who we call our podcast mom. Oh, and it's kind of a long question. So bear with me here as we go. Okay, go for so it. She says, Adam, please share your observations on helping raise and teach incoming younger players on becoming professionals from encouraging humility to creating team family to becoming grateful to others. You displayed all those traits and I'd like to hear about positive experiences while working to bring others on board? So that's the first question. Oh, that's the first one? Oh, man. That's the first that's one. There's question. two questions. Two, yeah, there's two questions here. Okay, that's the first one. Um, yeah, the, and those are all values that I, you know, try and instill in the players I'm training. Um, and I remember as, as a young player coming up, and I'll do this as a reference, you know, I coming through, there was some guys that just treat you like, 
they're you know like really tough on you and then i remember the ones who took time to kind of nurture you and kind of help you kind of see how you're doing and i'm like i always appreciated that more and sometimes it's like that tough love you got to deserve you got to earn it i'm like you don't have to so for me it's constantly whether you're the best player on the team or you know you're struggling just everyone kind of pulling together it is a team sport at the end of the day and um i always try and treat everyone the same um so as i got older you know it was the same thing as the younger players i want to you know encourage them be someone that they can, they can come to you know for guidance even you know and at Sacramento, there was Roberto Hagen. He was the first player, uh, academy player signed. He's, he's in Germany now, but it was tough. It was tough for him adapting, you know, going from 16-year-old signing. Now he's with grown men. He's in a locker room. It was very tough for him to, to adapt to that. But I remember those times when I was in that situation 15 years prior and the people who helped me and um, th- those those things that helped. So... Hopefully at some point, you know, when he's playing 15 years from now, he uses that same thing for someone else and it kind of, you know, it keeps going, keeps going that way. So I think that somewhat answers the question, Sharon, but yeah. we'll see. <laughs> Paying it forward. I mean, that's, that's always the way to think about it, right? Yeah. Somebody else is going to take on what you do. Um, so her second question was, what methods did you or do you use to help clicks from forming? Clicks can pit teammates against each other, and while competition to shine brighter is critical, so is camaraderie. Can you give us yes, an insight onto how you how you uh, your method on that? Yeah, that, that's that's that is a tough one, um, and that is something that you see a lot of, obviously. And it's as a coach, if you're a coach or a trainer, and even as a player, I remember probably the most successful teams I was on were the teams who we're kind of all on the same page, the teams in Columbus, the teams in Houston, you know, and that doesn't mean we didn't have preferences on who we'd hang out with. But at the end of the day, when it came to training, it came to the games, we were all on the same page. But I, I was on some good uh, the teams in Seattle. I was on the good Sounders team, you know, and there was, you know, there was more division there. So, and you don't get that success at the end of the day. There's just this tension that, that kind of, that goes around. So, I mean, as coaches or anyone like that, it's it's seeing, you know, it's seeing how can we, you know, how can you break that up as soon as you, as soon as you can, really, but at the same time encouraging everyone to get to know each other. Can you do team-building activities where you're taking players who are maybe, you know, they don't associate as much or they don't hang out as much. You know, put them together and get them working together. Really putting a lot of emphasis on on the team you know it's because at the end of the day if you start getting those clicks those that division it's it can ruin a team it really can and if everyone's not pulling in the same direction you're probably not going to get the success at the end of the day so all those different team building exercises there's so much stuff you can do but um it really it starts from the top i believe so Adam, you know, thank you for taking the time to speak with us. You know, we wish you the best of luck going forward. And, you know, we hope you're able to join us again soon to discuss soccer related content when it comes back. Hopefully soon. Yes, hopefully, hopefully sooner rather than later. At least May as of now, right? Yeah. <laughs> At least May. Well, May 10th. That's the that's the date. But we'll see. We will the see. Shelter, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. They're also telling me my kids are going back to school April. April 14th, but I'm not, I'm not buying that either. I'll um, oh, see. I just, as a, I'm a, I'm an admin, I'm a former administrator. And so I just got an email from the uh, California department of education that says, please be prepared for uh, late May. If at all, if at all, at that point, it's like, okay, well, I just go in the summer, you know? Yeah. But then we run into, con- again, we run into the contractual issues. Like teachers haven't, given their 180 days of service so do you yeah yeah. Yeah. it's silly but (laughs) yeah that's all it's a crazy time it's a crazy time but yeah thank you guys so much for having me thanks adam appreciate it have a good rest of the evening you too thank you adam okay bye so um we'll be back 
after this brief message from Elliot Horde. This is Elliot Horde, and you're listening to Sacramento's number one soccer-specific podcast. All right, and we're back. So, um, John, you had um, some updates for us on when the leagues may return, hopefully. So, yeah, there, there's been a lot of conversation on Twitter. Uh, we've reposted and retweeted – sorry, not reposted, retweeted – a lot of information as it comes from different leagues uh, throughout Europe and America. And one of the leagues that we had that was going on was the Turkish Super League. And the Turkish Super League uh, has since suspended play as well with a um, without really giving a specific timeline. 30 days is what they said, but we'll see what happens. The USL came out a few days ago with uh, a announcement that they expect to resume activities on May 10th. And again, we talked about this on Monday's podcast that even though they're talking about this time, players need to be able to get their their legs back under them. And so for every day of isolation is a day of training needed to get up to match fitness. So there's going to be a lot of days um, leading up to this point. I think we're in day five, six right now. So that's six days already that they need of, of fitness. And we're expecting to be, you know, now California is in that um, lockdown phase or that shelter in place. Um, and so it makes it a little difficult to get to that. MLS came out and said that we are going to do our best to continue and play the league with pushing back the MLS cup to December, which is going to be extremely difficult depending on where they play and the weather as Adam had uh, previously spoken about. And then the English premier league is looking at April 30th to come back to finish the rest of the 2019 2020 calendar year before it gets into uh 2020 2021 they said they have to or want to finish the year out before they start the new year so that will be interesting to see how that works your guys' thoughts yeah i mean it'll be it'll be interesting i mean these are just these are just dates that they they believe so but i and you know we spoke about it in previous podcasts but I feel like they're going to keep pushing these dates back. Um, I mean, hopefully I'm wrong and hopefully, you know, like it's just these are the dates that they mentioned. But, you know, it seems like USL is probably going to push it back. I, I feel like the Premier League is definitely not, not going to be ready by, by the 30th. And then MLS Cup, you know, trying to push it back to December is, like you said, it's, it's going to be a challenge, you know, depending on, on where the final is. But... It's, I don't know, it's going to be a challenge, but, you know, I think with MLS, they have a little more flexibility if they have to go into like January or February because, you know, new season wouldn't start, wouldn't start until March. But, you know, it's, I don't know, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what, what dates end up being the actual return dates. But, you know, hopefully, hopefully these are the dates. It gives us a little light at the end of the tunnel, you know, so um, it's good that they are at least are giving us kind of a, a finish line. So hopefully they stick to that and they don't push back any further. Yep. Yeah. I mean, if anything, hopefully it's, it's sooner. Hopefully, hopefully this ends in like a week and then we can go back to them saying like, Oh, actually it's, that'll actually start like last week of April for USL rather than, you know, until May 10th. So hopefully. Mm-hmm. So um, thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL and US soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter template from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adults, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you decide your new custom kit today at icarusfc.com. So, guys, as I usually say in every um, podcast, you know, um, we're on social media. You guys know where to find us, too. We're on Twitter. We're, I, I would consider Twitter, you know, John's second home. Um, we're there at Sacktown FC. And if you send us a tweet, there's a highly likelihood that you'll get a response by John. So, <laughs> no matter when Within you send a tweet, seconds. he's on there. Yeah, he's on there, like, 24-7. So, 
if you guys send him a tweet at like one in the morning, he might actually respond. So <laughs> maybe I got I got kids that wake up and jump <laughs> in my bed by that time. So yeah. <laughs> and uh, we're also on Instagram, same name at Cyclone FC. Um, we also have a Facebook page that we recently created. It's called Cyclone FC Podcast, and a Facebook group that's called Sac Republic Fans, growing growing by the day. And come on, join us and talk about anything soccer related or really anything else you want to share with the Sacramento community. Um, we actually recently also created a YouTube channel that's called Sactone FC. And we're asking, you know, for everyone to please, you know, subscribe to us. Um, we actually need to get to a hundred subscribers for us to be able to do some YouTube lives. And, you know, ideally, you know, once the season comes back, we want to start doing those lives. So, you know, please, Help us reach that goal on YouTube. Again, that's uh, Sagtown FC. Search for it on YouTube and you should find us there. Thank you for listening to us on all major podcast platforms and taking the time to engage with us on social media during this time. We set out to provide content, not just for USL and our Sacramento Republic, but for all soccer related information. And we'll continue to do so um, in order to provide your weekly dose of information and possibly some soccer content uh, as we get closer to that potential April 30th return of the English Premier League. Yeah, th thank you everyone um, joining in to, to the thank yous here, but you know, th really thank you for listening to us during this whole time. I mean, now we're excited that we're a part of the Beautiful Game Network. Super excited about that um, and you know, looking forward to, to us, you know, being able to interact with other um, podcast creators because in that network um, there's actually other podcast creators for you know other USL teams and there's a couple of uh, MLS teams there too so we look forward you know to bringing some of them on here on the podcast and you know us joining some other podcasts too so you know be, be on the lookout for that and um, you know it's it's been a great week this week we actually recorded um, three podcasts this is actually the third one we record this week and we've actually never recorded three <laughs> this week but you know we're you know we're trying to be consistent and trying to you know you know give you guys as much podcast as possible so you guys can you know listen during this time when we know we all have to be you know at home and so it's it's a great time you know to to hear especially you know what some of our former players have to say too and you know be on the lookout because we're also going to be interviewing some of the fans and if you're a fan out there that you know has a story to tell Especially if you know you've been around since uh, 2014 or you know 2013, even before the team came about. Um, please, you know, reach out to us. We really want to, you know, tell the story of the fan. And if you have some interesting stories to tell, then you know we we want you to be heard here on our pod as well. So, yeah, please let us know. Again, thank you for taking the time to join us, um, and we hope that you guys enjoy the content we create. So cheers. See you, everyone. Have a good week. Bye, everyone. Good night.